I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is being recorded, the Gonokurnai Nation. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, especially those listening here today. Welcome to Catch Me Outside My Comfort Zone, a lifestyle podcast that focuses on the outside of our zones as well as the inside of our homes. I'm your host, Alyssa Sutherland, interior designer and entrepreneur. Come with me as I take you on a journey to build the life of your dreams. Hello guys and welcome back to another ep. I'm so glad I'm in your ears once again. Today is going to be another design focused episode all about your home and what the meaning of home truly is. But before that, you know the drill, we've got to get into our little comfort zone challenge for the week. How did we go with the week just gone and what have we got planned for the week ahead? You will know if you listened to last week's ep that my goal was to send a message to somebody who I don't speak to very often anymore and tell them how much of an impact that person had on my life when we were seeing each other on a daily basis and how much that person influenced where I am today. It was a really scary thing to do. I was really nervous about it and it made me very emotional as you would have known how much last week I was emotional talking about this whole scenario and I'm so glad I did it because the reply from that message was really special and I know that that was really heartfelt and from both of us. So yeah, if you ever feel like you need to do that to somebody, just do it. It's really worth it and I was really proud that I did that but I also did something really exciting that I have had on my goals to do for a long time and that is to sit at a bar by myself. Now it's not as scary as it sounds because trust me that was the most daunting goal I've ever set myself to do but what actually happened was I was out for dinner with one of my friends and we were having a beautiful nice evening and then all of a sudden she had to go and I was like damn it we're having such a nice catch up we hadn't seen each other for quite a while yeah probably not since summer and anyway she goes I think you should just stay here like don't go home just stay here go sit at the bar, have a few more cocktails. Like you got this girl, step outside your comfort zone. And I was like, damn it. She's so right. But I did. And it was really good. I have to admit, I was at a venue where I knew a lot of the staff working and person behind the bar so it was a lot more relaxing than if I'd just gone into like some random place but at the same time it was still outside my comfort zone because when you are like sitting at a bar all alone you're like giving main character energy (laughs) but it's also like a people judging me and I do things on my own all the time like I go to cafes by myself but I don't know there's just something about sitting at a bar on a Saturday night drinking cocktails and talking to the bartender if you know you know that is just a different vibe and it was fun I was there till 10 o'clock at night and it was so good I was so tired though and I wasn't really actually drunk like I was just you know enjoying the vibes and yeah I felt really proud of myself for doing that so two big goals achieved this week now coming into this week ahead I've got two big goals again firstly one of them is I'm going to see a naturopath for the very first time I think this is just a really good health goal for me look I don't have anything like majorly concerning me It's just more so on a general sense of self. I'd have a conversation about how can I be taking more natural approaches to like what is going on, whether it's like anxiety or with sleep and all that sort of 
stuff and obviously like food intolerances and just having all those kind of conversations. I'm really looking forward to it because I've never done something like this before. And the other big thing I'm doing on the same day is going to a business networking meeting. This is run by someone who I know locally. However, it's like a really big global company that that hosts these and then they just like niche down on local areas. And it's just a collection of businesses who are part of this group who like have breakfast once a week and they just network and you can get really good understanding of others' businesses, how they run their company and how they can help you and your company. So I'm really keen for that. It's been a while since I've been to a networking event because it's not necessarily industry-based for me. I'm sure there will be a couple of people there who do work in my industry or in the building industry, which will be great to vibe and connect with them. But like, It's going to be from people from all walks of life and all different kinds of businesses. So it's just going to be really interesting. And I'm a bit nervous, obviously, but I'm mainly excited. I'm channeling excitement. So yeah, that's two goals and two different categories in the life that we're focusing on this week. Who are we? Again, would love to know what you guys are working towards this week in terms of stepping outside your comfort zone. And this is something I've just enjoyed actually asking people IRL when I see them. I'm like, so what is something that you did this week that was outside your comfort zone? I'm so impressed by how many people have an answer. (laughs) It's like a really good question to ask. Like first date question. Just want to quickly disclaim if you haven't noticed already, I'm a bit sick this week. I have just got that time of the year cold, like that transition of the seasons. So like I know that I have an easily voice to begin with, but it's just a little bit heightened today and I just had to get this ep recorded. So bear with me. I wish I had a sexy, sick voice, but this is what we've got to work with. So let's get into today's episode. Okay, so today's episode is inspired by my final university project, which I did way back in 2019. And it was a project that was focused on designing homeless accommodation in Melbourne CBD. So we really focused on this whole concept of home, how to design this sort of space for people who are homeless. And it was very insightful and very eye-opening. So when it came to really like figuring out a brief to follow and really taking this project on a deeper level, I narrowed down on the concept of the definition of home. And what I distinguished was that home is more a feeling, not necessarily a place. It's not just this four walls and a roof, a shelter, like that's a house. But we don't say that people are houseless. We just say that they are homeless because they actually have lost feeling of what home is. So we associate words such as security, comfort, warmth, love, care, safety, protection with the word home. Because when we are in our house, which we call a home, we are experiencing all those feelings. And so when somebody is literally homeless, not only do they not have that shelter and those four walls to be in, they actually don't have any incorporation of those feelings that come with that. So they do not feel secure. They do not feel safe. They don't feel cared for. They don't feel loved or protected. Nothing. Like they feel cold, empty helpless. So when we were focusing on this project, it made me realize that I want to design a space that people can come to where they're going to experience feelings, not just walking into a shelter like every other homeless accommodation is. I want them to walk into this space and know that this has been designed and curated for them 
so that they can feel safe and that they can feel like someone's doing this for them, that they're protected and that they're cared for. Everyone deserves design. No matter who they are or where they come from, they deserve a space where they feel safe. Designing some rundown, really like piss poor shelter was just not on my radar at all. Like if you, if this is going to be something that's going to be funded and it's going to be really properly done, then it needs to be this beautiful facility that isn't excluding people. It's actually inviting people in and making them feel special and like they are worthy of being in a space that is beautifully designed with beautiful architecture. And I'm not talking about like really fancy fucking things. I'm just talking about a space that feels good. So that's what today's episode is going to be about, feeling and why feelings and sensory experiences are so important in our home. I hope you're already feeling a bit eye-opened from this episode because it's going to be pretty deep. I feel like seeing as I've started talking about this, I may as well give a little bit more of a rundown of what the whole project was and how the design worked. But basically, this is really really crucial and needs to happen in Melbourne CBD and designing a space for people who are homeless isn't just like giving them a place to come and eat their dinner it's somewhere that they can come and they can stay the night where they feel safe and it's somewhere where they can keep their belongings because they're not always just walking around with nothing like they you'll see people they have a trolley full of stuff and it's stuff that they have that's all they have left and it's so important to them so somewhere where they can store their things somewhere where they can set up a post office box so that they can receive things from the government. Um, They need somewhere they can wash their clothes, somewhere where they can eat dinner, somewhere where they can shower and use the bathroom. There's so many things that they need. Like they're humans at the end of the day. They need these things like the rest of us. So a facility that incorporates all that is so important, but also it just needs to be self-funded because No one's going to throw the money at this, which is fucking annoying. And if I could, I would. So the way I was designing this space to be self-funded was to incorporate a op shop and textile studio. And how this was going to work was basically, as we all do, we take our clothes and donate them to the op shop. So that would be the way this, this system worked. So people off the street would just donate their stuff. That would then go through a sorting facility and into this textile studio, which the women who are staying at this accommodation could participate in textiles classes, which would be run by a volunteer, where they would repurpose clothes that had been bought in as donations. And with their skills they were building in the textile studio was obviously going to be inspiring for them it's going to motivate them to look for jobs perhaps they've always wanted to work in the fashion industry like you never know and then of course also it's going to be something that we can then sell those repurposed and redesigned clothes in the op shop so it was all going to work I had this big grand design and the building I was actually designing is called Job Warehouse it's on Burke Street in Melbourne CBD you should definitely go and check it out. I'm pretty sure it's actually getting designed into like a restaurant or a cafe. It's been so long since I've gone to have a look at it, but 
It was an absolute eyesore and it used to be a fabric store that closed in 2012. So again, that sparked my idea of the whole textiles and sewing and all that stuff. So anyway, that was just the run. That's just a little rundown of what my final university project was, especially for all of those people who think that interior design is just for people who are rich and have all this money. It's like there are actual like social projects we worked on and at university, every project I've worked on was focused on a need, whether it was for homeless, whether it was for people with disabilities, whether it was for youth, it was always focused on a need and that's exactly how I design. I just want to add, when I'm talking about this textile studio and I said like the women in this accommodation, I just want to disclaim that I was designing part of my project a space specifically for women so don't at me thinking that I'm just like talking about it and just generalizing that the women would be doing this textiles job definitely not stereotyping that um and I was just trying to think outside the square because a lot of people did the same ideas with their funding project so I wanted to make it authentic to the actual building and to the people using the space so okay so now let's talk about our homes and our spaces so when we Uh, walk into somebody's home we often without realizing have a subconscious sensory experience so we notice things through our senses whether it's like just what we're looking at whether it's what we're feeling and touching whether it's the smells whether it's what we're hearing like you know when you go into someone's house you're you're subconsciously taking it all in you know when you walk into somebody's house and you can be like oh what's that smell or what's that noise or oh what's that like that looks interesting or what the fuck are you thinking like we all walk into people's spaces and have a sensory experience whether we're aware of it or not and of course we want to have our own sensory experience when we walk into our own home and our own space the first way I think is really cool to incorporate different sensory experiences is having different rooms with different styles and designs and feels so that every room is its own experience. I know that's how my house is currently designed. I live in a four bedroom house by myself because it's like a holiday house. Every single bedroom is different and it all has a different feel. And when people come to stay, they are drawn to a specific room because of the feel and the sensory experience they have and connection they make with the energy that room portrays. How cool is that? And like, I know that that's how they feel and that's how I've designed those rooms to be. And I make it feel drawn for some particular person. So that's the same as like, you know, when you walk into a different bathroom or a different living space, like when something is unexpected and you walk into it like holy moly like this is cool I was not expecting this at the same time you don't want every room to be like completely disconnected from each other like you want to have something that ties it all together and there's got to be some fluidity throughout the spaces but ultimately you no one is telling you can't make every room in your house feel different and look different because there's nothing worse than going into a space where everything looks the fucking same like boring I'm bored be creative be expressive and have fun you literally cannot go wrong by just having a bit of fun in your space and being eclectic I'm not saying you have to paint a fucking feature wall in each room it's simple the way you can do it with the furniture and the furnishings and the light fittings and like the tiniest things in the room can add elevate the space it doesn't have to be anything creative and out there it's just points of difference 
So let's talk about now our five senses and how we experience senses in a home. So obviously, let's start off with feel. Feel is just the entire thing that we are experiencing all the time, feelings. But most importantly, let's narrow down onto touch. So when you're sitting on someone's couch, you can feel how that feels around your body. You can feel comfortable, you can feel uncomfortable, you can feel the different textures and fibers of the fabric of the cushions of the throws. When you're sitting in a dining chair, like, do you feel like you can sit up straight? Do you feel like you're slouchy? You sit on a bar stool and you're like, oh, this feels a bit uncomfortable or like a bit hard or we're always feeling things when we're like, especially when we're sitting down in a space. Then again, like we can do so much with form and materials. So a really cool way to add texture and form into a space is through wall paneling and textured walls. So Venetian plaster or render internally, wall paneling, whether it's like the VJ cladding or like the timber frames or batten, there's just so much. Also adding different form in terms of curved, curved benches, curved walls, textured tiles. There is so much you can do to add feel and texture into a home. Okay, so the next sense is noise. What do we hear when we walk into the space? Are we listening to the TV blasting or are we listening to music? High vibe music that creates a different feel at different times of the day. I sometimes have my record player going in the afternoon and it's just like that you hear the crackling and or like if you have like those candles where you can hear them crackling, just have your windows open and listen to the noises that come in from outside, whether it's animals or whether it's the trees or whether it's the ocean, like water, like whatever it is, noise adds so much into a space. So like for me, I have to have noise all the time. I don't know if it's just because like I live by myself and like silence is just scary. I sleep with a fan on and sometimes like I've said before like I put rain noises on or like white noise is something I always need whether it's the washing machine going or like the pool pump going like I love just having noise playing all the time. Maybe for me it's adding that depth of safety. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how it's like having a subconscious effect on me by creating a feeling of safety and comfort. Okay next up is smell and smell can be so broad like there's a hundred ways you can add different smells into your home for me something I have all the time is incense burning daily whether it's when I'm just working away first thing in the morning when I'm going to sleep I love incense and the this is incense this is gentle habits their incense is just so beautiful and it just like feels like it's detoxing the space at the same time I also sage my house weekly. So that's a really nice thing to do. I try and do it on a Sunday or Monday, just like gets rid of the week, just gone and cleans the space for the week ahead. But other than that, like we can incorporate smell through having fresh flowers in our home, whether we have like room sprays, diffusers going with essential oils, candles, they're very controversial topics. I'm not going to say much about that. And of course, like never forget to add smells into your bathroom, especially the toilet, but also in my laundry as well. Like the smells that come out of your laundry are really nice as well. And like, yeah, food, obviously baking things and making the house smell fresh with yummy food that you've cooked and it's just beautiful which takes me into the next topic which is taste so obviously taste can go down two different pathways again as we're already talking about food let's continue on that topic and we all know how much it feels like home 
when you walk in and you can smell food cooking, like you're drooling, like you can taste it. You just know exactly what that experience is like. My biggest tip is to encourage you to cook more in your home, whether it's always having something freshly baked, like a piece of banana bread sitting on the bench for your guests or for the kids or like whatever it is, home cooked meals are what makes a space feel and taste like home. But also romanticizing that experience that comes with cooking. Cooking and experiencing your kitchen in your home is like that whole hearty feeling. And we're so time poor these days that a lot of us just get meal deliveries or microwavable meals. And I get it. Like we're all just on this rush of life. We don't have time to prepare. We don't have time to cook. For me, I live on my own as well. So it's like a lot of people who don't have that many people to cook for, it's so much easier to just get pre-cooked things or just convenient things. But I love cooking. I hate when I have something to microwave because I just love that whole experience of cooking. I'm lucky like I get to work from home so I make my lunch throughout the day and I can make my dinner most nights. I just love that because it's like romanticizing using my space and feeling very, I don't know, cooking is kind of sensual. It's just a really expressive form of love and some people hate cooking so you probably just like can't relate but you will obviously know that you probably get to experience that sense when you go to someone's house like your parents house or a grandparents house when you go and they've cooked food for you and like if you have a beautiful partner who cooks your dinner for you like you're obviously you have so much gratitude for that part that you get to taste in your home. I feel like if I give you one task, if you're someone who like, let's say you meal prep on the weekend because you want to make sure you're having healthy meals and you do enjoy cooking and the only time you get to do it is on the weekend, really make it a ritual. Enjoy it. Make it sensual. Romanticize it. Experience all your senses as you're cooking. By having your other senses like alerted, it will enhance that final one so have the music playing have this have the smells going like put your incense on a burner candle then just make the space feel really moody and enjoy that time that that you're spending cooking and preparing your meals for the week ahead it just makes it feel like so much more indulgent and expressive it's the best word I can use for it and you're probably just thinking I'm sounding crazy but like this isn't a chore this is you're lucky you get to cook in your own home, that you have these facilities, that you have fresh food and like make it a really expressive form of gratitude and love. And that's how you build up that sense of enjoying taste that comes from your home. I told you this episode was going to get a little bit weird and deep, but also when when we talk about taste, of course, we can talk about being tasteful in design choices and selections. So a little example I'm going to give about being tasteful is not focusing on trend and focusing on environment. So let's just say you're renovating an existing home and it's say quite a historical heritage home. You've got to be tasteful with the renovation and the finishes you put in it. So I guess a lot of people like they renovate these this these heritage homes now and they put a big extension on the back where they have this transition from the heritage into the modern and it like it can be 
done and it's fucking epic when it's pulled off. But if you're not doing like this big modern extension and having this real big contrast of elements happen in an architectural way, if you're just like using this existing shell and you're changing things like the tiles and the fit, like the, the lighting fixtures and all this stuff, really be mindful of what that era is that you're bringing into the home, that it's not taking away from the heritage, that it's not like disrespecting the heritage and also that it's going to make sure that it's today's with the errors that are to come throughout the home if that makes sense another way of being tasteful again is not just choosing something out of trend out of the fact that your best friend has just put in their home or what the person in the tile shop is telling you to do because everyone else is doing it be really tasteful and considerate with the choices you're making in your home that they reflect you and your space the environment it surrounds and the feel that you want that to give in the home because there's nothing worse than when you go into a space and you just think why the fuck did they do that it just doesn't work it just doesn't suit it's just clearly an indication that they've made an uneducated inconsiderate decision regarding the space and just like not even being any like anywhere near aware of it so be tasteful be mindful and if you're someone who just has no idea on design errors and you just want to make sure that you're almost like being respectful engage with the designer they know what they're doing they know how to help you I actually worked on a project a couple of years ago helping somebody renovate their bathroom in a heritage home and it was so out of my comfort zone because I was like oh my gosh we want to make sure that we keep this bathroom very close to the era it was designed in and we did like we pulled it off it was pretty outside my like usual scope of work the power you can use with bringing in modern things and new things whether it's new forms of tapware tiles and like glass and things like that but still having touches of the tim- the type of timber you use can even be what is touching back onto that heritage and that era or the the bath like repurposing an old bath that has the um feet what are they called? Oh my god, I've got to get this right. Okay, so it's called a claw foot tub. You know what I'm talking about? That era of the tub with the claw gold claw feet. That's what we're talking about. Anyway, um, don't at me for not knowing what that's called. I don't usually deal with claw feet baths, but yeah, that's where we're at with those sort of tasteful decisions. <laughs> and obviously, last but not least, is our sight. What do we see when we go into the space? We don't want it to look cluttered. We don't want it to look overwhelming with too much going on. Pick your focal points, pick your points of difference and also pick your lighting right. Well, could I go on this for days and I'm going to do a whole episode about lighting. Damn, does it make a difference to the whole conscious experience you have in a space. Think about restaurants when you go in and are you, are you like, is this place too dark? Is this place too light? I do not like this lighting. It just isn't hitting the mood. Well, the same goes for when you're in your own home or like in a fucking change room. Like how bad is the lighting in change rooms? And when is someone going to do something about it? Come on. But you know what I mean? Like that power of lighting in your home, whether it's making sure when you're building a house that you're aware of where your windows need to go and what kind of light and shadows they're going to cast depending on the orientation they're facing. Or is it the like adding 
skylights in your home if you can so that you can bring more natural light in especially if you're in a built-up area where you can't have windows on the sides of your home because they're butting up next to another house that's when you can incorporate skylights what you might be saving on additional windows you can put in the ceiling and in the roof and they're game changer because a lot of skylights you can get these days can actually open up so they double as adding a form of ventilation then of course your lighting we all just go with classic cool light led downlights and you can get different ones you can get tri-color ones you can get warm white cool light dimmers you can get obviously anything other than a downlight like don't be afraid to pick feature lighting pick pendants put wall sconces on i think people forget that you can put lights on the wall and how that helps you guide throughout a space especially like a hallway um or like helps you focus on maybe artworks you have on the wall or on a shelf or something and then really big one is task lighting so when you have maybe a darker room like in a bathroom having task lighting around the mirror so that when you're doing your makeup or your partner's shaving his beard or like whatever it is they've got this task lighting on it and you're not relying on a downlight that's just not facing in the right direction or in the kitchen like adding led strip lighting under the overheads so that you can just have that on when you're like up at 5 a.m and leave the light on at night for someone to come home but you don't want to have all these lights on it changes the mood like dramatically another thing you can also do is do track lighting and that's when they have like the dim like the down lights that have the extension that can be like adjusted and they can move around to cast light on different angles so again really important if you have artwork that you want to feature or just need that task lighting pointing in a different direction it's a good one to do outdoors as well in like big like alfresco areas so yeah lighting is the biggest thing I really wanted to talk about when it came to what we see in a space because it's how we see is with light and the shadow and how strong and or cool and warm and all those things are so Lighting is a really important one and it's really con- like it really needs to be considered when you're building or renovating. And again, lighting is something that can be simply changed. Like you can if you put in a pendant light over your dining table, you can change that pendant a hundred times or in the bedrooms and all those sorts of things. So yeah, just be mindful that just because you've picked a light doesn't mean it has to be that forever. You've got the ability to change. Like nothing is ever that serious. Nothing is ever that permanent. That's the power of renovating. And when something is no longer serving you or when you don't no longer like the way this space feels, you have the power to change it because that's what we're blessed with trades and designers for <laughs> to help us do those things. So yeah, be mindful when you're creating your home that you've got to experience those senses, those feels, and really try to focus on those things in your home. Sit with them and enjoy them. Be grateful for them because you're so blessed. You're so lucky that you have this home to experience those feelings in and just really enjoy them. And if they're not feeling good, then change them because your space is your sanctuary and you want it to feel good for you and you want it to feel good for those people that are coming in and experiencing that with you. 